build compelling real-time apps quickly and scale them globally with the PubNub real-time network. Only PubNub delivers the core building blocks needed for any real-time application. Find out for yourself by signing up for free today. Visit PubNub.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 150. We're recording this live Friday, October 4th, 2013. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always, for all 150 consecutive episodes, partner it's, in crime. Uh, yeah, it's Asif Khan from the uh, Location-Based Marketing Association. 150, Asif. Where are the trumpets? Is this just now just so much part of the routine that we don't even celebrate little milestones? We're, we're almost at three years. We'll celebrate it three years. Hopefully. That's right. So we'll kind of live a little... Something like that for, for 150. We'll, we'll get out the cupcakes with three candles. And we'll <laughs> yes. Well, that'll be... What is that? That's 156, right? If I do my yeah. math correct? Yeah. Two plus two plus two is six. My goodness. Six more weeks and that's three years being stuck together in this little box. Right? Maybe the vantage points it's have an changed. awesome box there, Rob. I wouldn't want to be with anybody else. In the oh, box. man. Let's see. If you're making me blush. <laughs> oh. Uh, All right. Yes. We have a busy week. Um, again, some crazy stories. But before we move into any of these, uh, you, uh, from what I gather, the event in New York City, uh, the activity was was fierce on Twitter, and the event in Toronto was fierce again. Talk about these. Give us a quick summary of what went down. Yeah, so we, we, we had uh, two events this week. We had an event, uh, LBMA chapter events, New York and Toronto. Uh, the New York event was awesome. Uh, you know, we, uh, we had a great turnout. AT&T hosted it at their, at their lab facility, the AT&T Adworks lab facility, which is just cool by itself because it's got, like, technology coming out of the wazoo everywhere. Uh, and David Polinchuk uh, from AT&T kind of gave a presentation and talked about some of the stuff. And he, like, he had estimates floating around. He had stuff everywhere. I mean, it was cool. It was cool. All like, the stuff we talk about. There's a pool table in there that they had at South by Southwest that is now in, in this office. And it's got Microsoft Connect uh, devices mounted above the pool table that's tracking the balls as you shoot and when they go in. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. Man. Like, um, but yeah, so great venue. Uh, thanks to AT&T for hosting that. The discussion was great too. Lots of questions. Uh, and it's always great when you have that combination of technology uh, people uh, on, on the panel. So we have a place like you on there talking about metrics, obviously, uh, the, the Jets and uh, Ralph Lauren and just interesting stuff. And, the, and I guess one thing that really struck me at that event was the Ralph Lauren uh, guy, Mark Wales in particular, um, really uh, brought a unique angle because he's not you know, a digital mobile guy per se. He's an enterprise workforce optimization technology type of guy, right? And so, you know, we were able to talk a lot about, you know, we can put all these coupons and platforms and, and, and location-based stuff in, but, you know, the human factors are always the limiting factor. And he was able to kind of bring light to all the other issues around, you know, how do we actually communicate to the employees and to the staff on what to do and, 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 and consistency and around these things. Uh, so that was a neat angle to hear you know, coming from, from the panel, uh, which was really interesting. 
And then in Toronto last night, we had a, a great event uh, that was kind of focused on NFC and digital out of home and the mashup between those things with Tab Track. David uh, was on our guest a few weeks ago. We had uh, Western Expressions with a Linkit platform. We had a gal from the Canadian Olympic Committee. Uh, we had a digital uh, lead from Edelman. So we had, you know, marketers and we had technology. And again, you know, that, that mashup was really interesting to kind of see the mix and, and hear from the technology side what they were doing and where they were going. And it was, it was challenging, I mean, because both of these guys, you know, have invested in NFC. And as we know, Apple ain't supporting it and, and doesn't plan to. So it's a limiting factor. But, and I challenged them straight up about it. And, you know, they, uh, there, there were some good responses. There was great dialogue with the audience. Uh, so just good event last night as well. Uh, and then next week, so this is this week coming up, uh, we've got, uh, well, there's the place conference, first of all, on Tuesday, uh, Greg Sterling and his whole group at Opus Research and, and all of that. So if you're in indoor location, uh, if you're involved in that at all, this is a one-day, full-day conference on indoor with every major player in the room. you got to be there. Discount code uh, available on the LVMA site. Check that out. And the next day, the LVMA San Francisco chapter, we're having an event on retail. Similar to what we've done in Toronto and New York this past week, uh, with some great speakers as well. We've got Retailigence uh, sponsoring that and putting and keynoting it, and then we've got uh, uh, Mara Lewis. And we haven't talked about Mara Lewis on the show uh, for like a, two years. So she runs a company called Stopped.at. If you remember uh, that, when I brought it up a couple of years ago. So Stopped.at is like Foursquare for websites. Like you check into a site, there's loyalty, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so she's going to be on the panel and kind of bring that online perspective as well. So I'm, I'm excited. Sounds. It sounds like you're. It, it's almost like it's too much. It's too much to take in, right? Um, and you should be filming these damn things, Asif. <laughs> well, every once in a while, something gets filmed. But uh, yeah, but. Uh, you should you should just make it part of the package that uh, only yeah. members get to see it. But because it, it, they're so valuable, like the response. We had Dave uh, Shalaby on as a guest a couple of weeks ago, right? And uh, from TapTrack. And then um, the whole interview went up last week onto Untether.tv. And the response has been great. And I called it like NFC, the Billy Bean of the mobile world, because it's like such great yeah. promise. And if you know who Billy Bean is, he's now yeah. the Oakland A's uh, general manager, but he, and played by famously by Brad Pitt and Moneyball. Um, but uh, he, uh, he had such promise as a rookie and then never materialized into this great player. He was number one draft and he just floated around and never, ever became a major league base baseball player, a prominent major league baseball player. And I wonder if that's the case for NFC. So that's my Billy Bean baseball reference. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about we do. today. So. Yeah. We're going to start. Uh, we're going to start with our mobile minute from uh, Chuck Martin very quickly. He talks about mobile payments. He he's, he's always mentioned this, that there's a, a you know mobile payments life cycle. Right, and it, it used to be that you'd walk out your door or you do your research at home and then you'd walk out your door and go directly to the store and buy it. And now because of mobile, because of location and proximity and all these other things, there is no direct straight line from research to buying at a, at a retail store. There's so many things, intersections along the way. And that's what we're gonna talk about here on the Mobile Minute with Chuck Mart. Welcome back to another Mobile Minute. Chuck, we have often talked about this whole mobile payments throughout the course of a day, the transactions that happen throughout the day. That is the way that we should be looking at it as part of our lives, not just hard stops at the transactions, right? 
That's exactly right. There's really a full cycle in mobile commerce. Uh, at, the, at the recent OMO Mobile, OMO's online media marketing advertising, at the OMO Mobile conference in New York, uh, Monkey Wu, who is the executive vice president of Mobile Industry Alliances at MasterCard, he basically laid out the MasterCard vision for how, what commerce looks like. And interestingly, it involves a, a whole scenario. It's not just really the payment. So a woman gets a smartphone, downloads a, a banking app, for example, uh, so she can make payments. Next morning, her son needs cash. For school, she transfers the money phone to phone. Shortly thereafter, she's at a coffee shop. She pays by phone. Uh, then, uh, to basically using the phone for uh, for for sharing a bill at at lunchtime, uh, based on a previous purchase, she gets a, a coupon, uh, receives a message, and then cashed in the coupon. And she also gets a message that her son used the 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 mobile cash at school. So this is really about a, a holistic sort. Of, it's really a cycle. And the way Mastercard and Monkey will look at this as it's really not about the the transaction at the end it's about the entire experience all the way through the mobile shopping life cycle seems that these transactions are small like the the little ones where you don't have enough change for the cup of coffee you don't have the five bucks to give to your kids is that where this is going to start well, that that's the interesting part of this. We we don't know. Uh, I mean, we know in other countries that 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 small payments are really successful from a mobile device. Uh, we're going to see if that that behavior comes here, but the capability will be here. The question is, does the behavior follow? And I guess we'll just have to see. And that's Chuck Martin and our Mobile Minute. That is actually a preview, in fact, of the one. It'll be up this week, but it has not even gone live yet. So there you go. That's why for you guys who are listening to this at the early part of the week or watching this at the early part of the week, you get a little bit of bonus right there, a little bit of inside information. You're smarter now than the people who won't read, see that until later on in the week. So we appreciate Chuck Martin for doing that and letting us use it on this week in location-based marketing. So before we jump into our app of the week, I got to tell you, of course, that we have our six great stories this week, big brands, big carrier news from Rogers that uh, we may have slipped a little bit a couple of weeks ago, uh, right, Asif? And uh, of course, yeah. we've got our special guest of the week. And this week, it is uh, Jonathan Treber, who is the CEO of RevTrax. It's a very cool uh, It's a, a segment of a, of a longer interview that I do that'll be up in a couple of weeks on Untether.tv. And of course, our resource of the week, which is an infographic on mobile commerce is growing. And I think that we all know that mobile commerce is growing. Some great statistics that we'll pull up. Uh, but first, before we get into the stories, we got we got our great app of the week. I'm going to play this video. We're going to come back. This app is called Memoir. It's all the rage right now. And uh, we're just going to give a quick glimpse about what it is. It's about a minute long, this video, and then we're going to come back and discuss it. The moments of our lives pass us by in the blink of an eye. They get tucked away into the past and are easily forgotten. But what if these memories didn't have to be lost? and could be remembered at just the right moments. What if these memories could live with us and piece themselves together, seamlessly connecting us while answering the questions we had forgotten to ask and reconnecting us with the people we care about. With Memoir, every one of our memories could be at our fingertips. After all, memories aren't just meant to be stored away. Memories are meant to be discovered. So Memoir came out, uh, maybe it was two weeks ago, and I remember uh, try, uh, downloading it two weeks ago and uh, playing around with it, and it took forever. I mean, what it does is you, you link it up to your social networks, your Twitter account, your Facebook account, your Foursquare account, 
your photos and all that. And then it basically sucks them into a, uh, it looks like a Facebook stream um, of memories. And, uh, you know, it kind of goes back as far as, as long as you've been using these services. But it took, I think it took almost 10 days for it. To, it's so busy. It took 10 days for it to index it and get notification that all of my memories over the last five or six years have been brought into this one application. And then what you basically do, just like the video says, is that you're streaming through your memories. And uh, as you go through it, it, it surfaces, you know, what happened on this day, one, two, three, four, five years ago, and then the new memories you created today. So one year ago today, I'll tell you where I was. I was in Thunder Bay, right? right. There's my memory. Nice. I was in Thunder Bay. And um, what's great about it is that if we were sharing a memory at a place, like we're in New York and we're hanging out or San Francisco and hanging out and... Uh, and we both take photos and we're both using memoir and we're both connected somehow through Facebook or Twitter or something like that. Um, it would know that and it would say, hey, listen, Asif has memories that are waiting for you in the same location at the same time, in the same place. So would you like to see them or would you like to share them with whoever you were with? And I like that. It's got a little bit of that flock piece to it, a little bit mm -hmm. of location, context, time, day, social, everything that we talk about here. Yeah, for, for me in particular, the time and place pieces are, are, are really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, that ability to just kind of pull it together and be able to, uh, you know, enable you to effectively search and query uh, you know, vast quantities of, of photo data, uh, but bring, bring a context uh, around it, you know, based on, you know, a specific moment or time or event or, or whatever the case might be. I mean, there's lots of photo services out there that, you know, let you. You know, when you upload your photos to iPhoto, you can tag them by events and all that kind of stuff. It's not but, unique. But, it's pretty cool. It's not, yeah, but but it, it, I think it's the simplicity of the way that this works uh, for me in terms of it automatically indexing and creating these moments and that ability to just look back and say, okay, as you just did, you know, where was I a year ago today? And what was I doing? And as I've told you many times on the show, like for me, even like Foursquare as a service, I still use it. I still check in everywhere, and, and the use case for me is to go back and look and say, what was the name of that restaurant I was at three weeks ago in Atlanta? You know, what was, you know, so that's where I think these things make a lot of sense, and, and so, so I, I like it. Yeah, you know, and it, it just reminds me that on September 29th, which was this past Sunday, I was in Cincinnati watching the Cincinnati Reds play the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates. There you uh, go. Yes. You know, it's at yourmemoir.com. Uh, you can download it. I think it's iOS only. I have no clue how yep. these guys are going to make a dime. But you know what? In the world of apps, I don't think you need to make a dime. Look at Q that was just bought by, rumoredly rumored to be bought by Apple for anywhere between 30 and $60 million. And Q basically mined your email address, your email uh, for uh, for meetings and uh, yep. and automated that process. So. Goodness gracious! Memoir probably doesn't need to make any money to get acquired and makes make some good pocket change for their uh, yeah. for their customer base. Instagram didn't make any money. No, I know. Well, they're about to. Yeah. And that's not even on the agenda. Instagram and ads, yeah. man. Oh, make yeah. me barf. That, but that's the reaction I have is that I use Memoir, I use Instagram, and I want to use it, and I don't want to pay for it. But then when they put ads in it, I feel kind of bile building up in my back of my throat. So. Mm yourmemoir.com i it's an it's a very well put together app i, I like this a lot it's nice uh, who knows if i'll use it that's the key um so that's all right but for now it's good for now for today just like everything else tomorrow can't predict it but probably not going to be using it as of tomorrow yeah all right that's our app of the week yourmemoir.com or download it in the app store all right on to our six stories a we're going to launch here with 
something that maybe maybe was you know there was a scoop on this show two weeks ago asif scooped this didn't he didn't you i did unfortunately <laughs> and, yeah uh, yeah alistair i already apologized to you um and uh but anyways we're, we're happy to talk about it now now it's true uh now it's true um so rogers you know one of the big three carriers up here in canada where you and i live um announced this week Rogers Alerts, which, uh, you know, is based on the PlaceCast technology. It's geotargeted SMS um, and, uh, you know, a welcome addition to the uh, the lack of services, location-based services that, uh, that we've had in Canada, uh, you know, and, and that I've been frustrated for four or five years now uh, that, we, that we haven't had this stuff. So it's here. It's one carrier. It's Rogers for now. Hopefully the other guys... Uh, Join the uh, join the game soon and, and, and participate. But uh, this is great, and, and Rogers, you know, um, has about nine and a half million customers, I think, on the network. Yeah. Um, so this is opt-in. So they're, you know, you know you, if you're a Rogers customer, you have to agree to uh, to receive alerts. You you know, define uh, categories and uh, brands and things that you care about, and that's that's what you get. Uh, they've got some great brands on board for the initial launch here. So they got Sears Canada, Future Shop, uh, which is uh, you know part of Best Buy, uh, Pizza Hut uh, Canada, A and W, Second Cup, which is you know the number three uh, coffee chain here uh, in Canada. Uh, so some so, some good brands uh, to yeah. kick this thing off and uh, exciting times. So you know, and, and for those that are referencing, this is the same solution that AT and T has with Shop Alerts in the U.S. or O2 has with Priority Moments uh, in the UK, etc. We've been talking about uh, priority moments for a couple of years now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. That's the frustration about this yeah, is it's finally exactly. up in Canada. And for Canadian residents or Rogers uh, subscribers, you get $5 off your next wireless bill if you sign up and stay enrolled for at least $30. So um, for the next $30, for the next 30 days, if you stay enrolled right. for the next 30 days, you get $5 off your wireless bill. Um, it's an interesting incentive. And... Uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 worthwhile checking out. And as we say, we've said this from day one, is that this is the carrier's domain. They know where you are. They have the reach. Nine and a half million customers on the Rogers Network. Um, and uh, you got to marry the reach with those customers and brands. And here's the perfect opportunity. So uh, long time coming. I agree. Did you sign up for this? Uh, I have. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I've been waiting for it. I'm a Rogers customer. No, I don't believe in that shit, right? That's I'm gonna try it out. Uh, you know, you know, for, you know. First of all, I think you know the we have big challenges in Canada as a market around location-based services in general. Yeah. Because you know, if you if even if you take a solution like for, like Foursquare, and and not to hammer on Foursquare, but the the penetration rates for these things are are small. I mean, the market is small compared to the U.S. and other markets, right? Overall, I mean, we only have like thirty five million people uh, in the country. So, you know, but when you look at Foursquare's user base, which is thirty five million people globally, um, you know, it's it's a small fraction of, of those users that are in Canada. So, as an advertiser, as a brand, as a marketer, you know, who wants to use location. You know, trying to get the, the the reach that you want on on a thing like Foursquare in Canada is work. isn't going to do it for you. You have to you know aggregate Foursquare with Facebook and Google and a whole bunch of platforms to get the numbers that you want. So enter the carriers, and all of a sudden now you've got you know a third of the population with one carrier uh, potentially available to you. Not no smartphone required because it's SMS. Yeah. It's all all phones. Um, you know, so so that's what I like about this new ubiquity of you know being able to reach a large audience uh, from a marketing perspective. So, yeah, no, no, uh, no arguments here. It's a it's a long time coming. 
It's a long, long, long time coming. And you're right about Foursquare. I mean, no matter how much I try in, in Canada, I, I'm never part, I've never been part of a swarm. Yeah. Because they don't happen, right? But they happen in San Francisco's airport. They happen, yeah, or anywhere in New York. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyhow, so that's, that's sort of part one of Rogers. Yeah, Rogers has been busy. Yeah, they've been busy. So the week before this announcement, they announced a, another partnership with Sprint that we didn't talk about last week. So I thought, because we're already talking about them, I'll, I'll bring this in this week. So this is now um, where, you know, the car becomes a connected device like you and I have been talking about. Like It seems like every show, but this is happening in Canada now. You can buy this uh, this service. Uh, and basically, you, you have this, this little device that's monitoring the health of the, of the vehicle. Uh, so it's tracking, you know, all these factors around the car. You know, is it, is it low on oil? Do the tires need, you know, do you need to set tires because there's wear? All this kind of stuff. Uh, and what it's doing is it's feeding this data live in real time to, you know, your your car dealership, the manufacturer, to other interested retail parties that might be able to, to sell you something. So if, if the tires are wearing, you know, you you will get a push notification uh, effectively into the car that says, hey, you know what? You're 2.2 kilometers away from uh, the dealership. You might want to stop in and uh, get a new set of tires because your tires are on the way out. So, you know, it's that kind of proactive messaging based on health data coming out of the vehicle, uh, which is really interesting. And so that's available for Rogers as well. Yeah, you know, uh, there was a, uh, a little study done by Telefonica Digital that says um, about 10% of the cars have a built-in internet or built-in connectivity. Uh, now and by 2020, they're talking about 90% of the cars. And yeah. uh, my assumption is that the other 10% that don't have it are, you, you know, are 10 year old cars. They're uh, in Cuba. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. Because the connected car is going to yeah. be, uh, you know, an, it's another dashboard. And, and uh, certainly, why wouldn't this happen? It is, um, yeah. And happen quickly. So, yeah. no, no surprise there. Roger's been busy. I like that. Yeah. And, and just. Quick, quick sidebar, this is not on the agenda today because we're talking about push notifications. Yep. Our good friends at Xtify. Oh, yeah, uh, Josh. Josh and, and, and company over there uh, were acquired uh, by, by IBM. IBM uh, the whole IBM Smarter Commerce group, so they're, they're joining that team. So congrats to those guys. It just says, you know, geo-targeted push notifications and push notifications in general are big and happening, and big companies like IBM are wising up to it, too. Josh, yes, he's been on the, uh, he's been a guest uh, a couple of times on Untether.tv and a guest here a couple of times as well. So congratulations, uh, Josh yeah. and the Xtify team. All right, Done. our second story uh, is about baseball. It's about iBeacon and baseball. I love baseball. I love baseball. It's the best time of the year right now because right now, today, when we're filming this, there are four baseball games on, like from one o'clock. It's, it's awesome, isn't it? It is incredible. I just have it always on MLB. And I use the MLB.tv application, MLB.com. Yeah. Um, and uh, they always have this thing, which is at the park, MLB at the park. And yeah. uh, it allows you to check in. It does all those kind of things. But now they're starting to leverage iBeacon. And you're going to see this much more next season. They had it at uh, City Field, which is the home of the <laughs> New York Mets, not the Yankees, but City Field, where they had uh, iBeacon around the stadium. And it was basically a little bit of information gathering. So, uh, you know, I'm going to play a, a quick video here from CNET that kind of walks you through what they're doing. But it is uh, like this is going to be the future of iBeacon. You're going to see this in every stadium, hockey, yeah. football, soccer, baseball. You're going to see this at rock concerts. This is just the beginning. So keep that in mind when you're watching this video. This is from CNET. So we didn't produce this. I just want full. This is a CNET video. We're about to roll this here. 
The ballpark experience involves hot dogs, peanuts, and Cracker Jacks, but now it also involves your smartphone. Major League Baseball's At the Ballpark app has new features coming out next year where you could take your smartphone around to different parts of the park and get pop-ups based on beacons. This is all part of iOS 7 iBeacon technology. These beacons around the park are sending out Bluetooth signals, so when I walk around, I'm going to get different messages. And when I enter, I just got a welcome to City Field message. Every stadium has different points of interest, and here at City Field, it tells me to walk near the Home Run Apple to learn more about it. Now, in this example, I walk in, my ticket was just scanned, and oh, I just got a pop-up for $2 off a hot dog. Now, this is just a demo because here it's rewarding my first time at City Field, but if I came on the 10th time, I might get something different. And different stadiums will probably offer different things. It's all up to each stadium. Here at the Mets Merchandise Store, there's a beacon in here as well, and I just got a pop-up for 20% off. Major League Baseball is working with different stadiums to determine where these beacons are going to be located. But you can expect to start to see them in 2014. And yes, they are talking about putting this on Android phones as well. But for now, it's just another way to enhance your experience at the ballpark. At City Field, I'm Bridget Carey for CNET. Well, that's, that's a perfect example. I couldn't say it any better than she did around a, a great demonstration of, of what iBeacon can do in a baseball diamond. Just very simple, pushing deals, pushing deals for merchandise or food, and then giving a little bit more information about the stadium and the lore and the history of it. I mean, I think this is just the beginning. You're going to see this everywhere. And again, that was a CNET video. I don't want to take credit for it because they did such a great job with it. Why recreate the wheels? So that's a CNET yeah. video. It's great. Yeah, and this cool. is just amazing. I mean, this this is what you know the potential for iBeacon is really all about, and Apple's you know uh, understanding and investment in location. I mean, Apple is all over this stuff. This is why they don't need NFC. This 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 is you know the ability to just you know bring on content device. Yeah. in context based on where you are all the time on device, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing. So you know, whether it's baseball or it's a museum or you know wherever you are, I think this is this is where we're going to see huge innovation. So you think? And, and, and baseball's not the only one doing this. They've already got like uh, I was reading the special. They've already got Starbucks testing this yeah. with them. This is Apple I'm talking about. Macy's yeah. is testing this. American Airlines is testing this. So you're going to see like some interesting stuff in there. And this is all like using the the Estimo type uh, yeah. low energy Bluetooth devices. So I think it's uh, what now you got to start to think about the consequences of this or the the think about the commerce implications where you've got uh, you've got your fingerprint scanning on the bottom, digital goods, MLB. The, the application is amazing, but think about what you can do with it. They can create new digital products, scan your yeah. fingerprint to buy buy product through the. Through, I mean, I just. All it's of crazy. a sudden, it just opens up the world, yeah. and this I mean, is an think enabler. Think about using iTunes to pay for your hot dog. Well, it's exactly what's going to happen. Right. I mean, it's, it's, I mean we don't need all these nope. digital wallets that everybody's trying to talk about, right? Well, it's, it's they're too complicated. There. Yeah, it's they're, already there. They're too so. complicated, and, and you know, uh, iTunes, um, Apple has 380 million credit cards Ooh. on file. I know. It's crazy. On file, and your fingerprint on file. Yeah. Anyway. It's good. So City Field like is it. just the beginning, we think, and this is going to be massive, massive, massive. And watch, you mark our words. My we're going to do a prediction show again this year, and my prediction, I'm telling you right now, is the proliferation of iBeacon and the fact that it's going to lead to a very fluid commerce transaction oh, yeah. anywhere you go. Agreement on that. Yeah, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. All right, All right. jump into our Number third three. story.
So this comes to us from Denver, uh, our, our friends over at Placeable, formerly known as Location Insights. Uh, these guys have launched a thing called Placeable Plot. So what it is is a uh, it's a cloud-based kind of service that basically uh, takes feeds in from Google and Facebook and Foursquare and Yelp and all that kind of stuff, and then does a, a data visualization uh, of you know all these you know things that are important to your business. Um, and really, it's about you know uh, making sure that the data is clean and accurate. Uh, and, but you know, by being able to visualize that, you're able to move things around and adjust and say, you know what, you know we're a bank, and, and that ATM, according to what's showing up on this map, you know it says it's on that corner, but it's actually on the opposite corner of the street. And, and so things like that, you know, is what becomes interesting here. When, when you can visualize data, it's much easier to make adjustments and correct. Uh, you, you know the the problems and inefficiencies in that data. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and the great thing about this is that you can correct it. So, you you correct the location, and then it does it across all the platforms. So you correct it once, right. and then it, it does it across the platforms. And I think, yeah. awesome. Yeah, th that's that's a great technology for me. Is that uh, you know, dirty data is bad, and we've gone through that many times in these episodes. But dirty data is bad, and it has an impact on your business. So make sure you own your location. It's just that yeah. simple. Just that simple. Love it. So check out uh, Placeable Plot from Placeable. Those are the first three stories. Great stories, but we're going to roll into our guest. We've got Jonathan Treber, who is the CEO of RevTrax. Uh, an interview that I did uh, just recently. It'll be up in a couple of weeks on Untethered.tv. I've had, like, we had a one-hour-long conversation around location and its impact on retail and what people can do to drive footfall and are coupons real and what about coupons and the discrepancy between, you know, uh, uh, you know the increase in, in spend when people bring a digital coupon versus a printed coupon. I mean, it's just... It's a great episode, and I've had to extract a little bit from that episode as well as I could to talk about location-based marketing and the way that he and RevTrax view location-based marketing. He's an LBMA member, and uh, this is a just, it was a great, great, great episode. Opened up my eyes to some really simple, nuanced things that retailers are doing right now to drive footfall, drive sales when they're in the store, and where, where actually uh, Jonathan sees this industry going in the next uh, year. I did not ask three years. I did not ask five years out because it's nobody knows what that oh, looks yeah. like. So what, what he's focusing on the air. But right now we're going to talk about his view on uh, location-based marketing, and I think it's uh, it's fascinating. So here's uh, here's Jonathan Treber. You know, our viewpoint is that there are two things that have changed the um, the current landscape of retail. One is Amazon, and one is mobile, and they're they're uh, somewhat related, but they're also they're they are very separate, and there are trends that are changing the way consumers are buying. And the way the consumers are engaging with information and mobile is that, um, you know, that on-the-go device that, that really digitizes or has the opportunity to digitize the very analog in-store shopping experience. And, um, and Amazon, of course, is the 800-pound the gorilla that competes effectively on price where you can basically buy from Amazon on-the-go on your mobile phone or, or via the web for, uh, for, for a much cheaper price. So. Our business is really catering to that integrated retail marketplace where Amazon is pure play e-commerce and we don't actually cater to the Amazons of the world and we feel that actually the retail model that will win the day is an integrated retail model where you have a physical retail presence but it is tightly integrated with e-commerce and mobile commerce in a way that is consistent which nobody really is doing well today. And that is one of the biggest issues and why Amazon as a pure play is giving every retailer a run for their money because of the siloed nature of retail. 
Um, but for us, it's about that that mobile engagement, mobile customer. Mobile has created all of these interstitial um, uh, sort of uh, stops along the way to the purchase journey, where now it's at least measurable. And without mobile, the the the, the real situation was all the digital engagement happened at your home and then you went to the store and marketers didn't know anything in between right and now marketers have the opportunity to learn almost everything in between and that's one of the big reasons that mobile's been so disruptive and i think is a huge part of our business um you know from a promotion standpoint and location based is 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 you know a, a killer theme here for our business, and I'm happy to you know get into that and how we think about that. I, like I, I you brought up so much, I, I I love this because you know I think about the, you know that statement that you said is that from the consumer standpoint, from our standpoint, five and a half years ago, before really before 2007, we'll say, I mean I carried a BlackBerry, I had a Palm Pilot, a connected device, whatever you want to call it, but but really, you're right, I made a decision here, sitting in front of my screen, and then I made the buy decision, and I either bought there, because uh, you know e-commerce was around at that point, we're not talking dinosaur era, um, and then I would get in my car, and I would drive to the store, and I would pick it up from that store that I just saw it here, right? Wherever it was, I would go and get it. So that's 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 the old way, but now I, I've, I've done my research on here, I'm either buying it online, or I'm driving to a store that I'll pick it up later, maybe I'll, I'll go down to Best Buy or whatever it might be, and uh, in between the time that I leave and the time that I actually step foot in Best Buy, there are many uh, interaction opportunities for other brands to go and steal that money from Best Buy and bring me into the store. That is a huge thing that are a lot of companies, uh, you know, building this into their, their uh, marketing philosophy? Well, it's, uh, it, it's a fun fun topic of conversation, I can tell you the answer is um, mostly no, and it depends. The mostly no is that uh, the world of location-based marketing is something that brands understand um, from a holistic standpoint and why it's valuable for them to reach their customer. And location-based marketing, of course, has the opportunity to provide competitive marketing, which is what you articulated. Right, so it's the stealing or the competitive targeting of offer to consumer, and you know people will use Lowe's and Home Depot. I know I'm going to Home Depot, so Lowe's hits me with a targeted GPS message, and I and I get compelled to drive to Lowe's. But frankly, what I've seen is marketers being more resistant to that type of marketing because it actually can backfire, and the way that it backfires is very simple. That you know what they're trying to do is it's disruption marketing which a lot of digital marketers will claim is is on the way out in, in today's day and age. And ultimately, what you're doing is potentially targeting a loyal Home Depot customer with an incentive which will never be rich enough to get them to go to Lowe's, and you actually create a negative brand experience where consumers feel like they're being bombarded from you know a retailer that they're not loyal to. And and that type of disallegiance or or you know, repulsion in some cases is a risk that many marketers don't want to take. And that's where they look at location-based marketing more around their, their core customer base. And they'll look at, you know, the, the radius around their own stores rather than around competitor stores. There's definitely the competitive targeting happening, but based on some, some I think, early testing, and it will continue to be tested and competitive targeting exists in every other medium and this opens up another opportunity, but what we're hearing and seeing is that um, 
there is a bit of that psychological consumer psychology that is indicating to brands that it's not a slam dunk home run, that it needs to be done very selectively and very with, with, with very informed uh, decisions in order to make sure that it doesn't backfire. Jonathan Treber, ladies and gentlemen. He's the CEO of RevTracks. Go to RevTracks.com. That's R-E-V-T-R-A-X.com. Jonathan, thank you for coming on to Untether.tv and thank you for allowing us to use this clip on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. You like that awesome. guy. Love that guy. I love, I love smart people who, yeah. who are, are living and breathing this stuff every day and, and understand the mind of the retailer. Well, so. and he gets it. And everything that I yeah. said, I was like, so you're telling me that coupons are the best way to drive track? He's like, nope, Rob, that's not correct. And we did that. So I, everything I said, I was wrong. And that's what I love about it. It's a very humbling experience to sit with Jonathan. So, yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah. There you go. All right. Back at Arasif. Oh, this company called, you know, I, I think Augmented Reality, uh, has it finally hit its stride? Is this, is this the year that AR becomes mainstream? I think it, it's definitely a technology that's uh, that's going mainstream uh, this year, uh, or you know, by the end of next year for sure. Like in, 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 you know, into 2014. Yep. Um, you know, we're seeing it over and over again. You know, whether it's Flipper or Snapsap or Erasmo or Mateo, we were talking about today. I think AR is huge. I think retailers are starting to embrace it as well. Uh, but this story is kind of interesting. So this comes from Mateo, um, uh, which is a, a Munich, uh, Germany-based company. And they've, they've uh, basically created a prototype for the world's first. This is actually a world's first. This, this is, you know, like. It's not, it's not BS. It, it's not, yeah, this is, yeah. Anyways, I don't want to beat up on my friends at Joingo anymore. Then yes. To, but, um, yeah, so a prototype for the first ever hands-free augmented automotive manual, like car manual, okay, using Google Glass. So this is pretty cool because you know we all you, you know we bought cars and you, you in the glove box you get that manual and there's a problem and you start flipping the pages and you look for the stuff. But this is hands free. This is Google Glass, you know, projected in front of you, whatever you need uh, without touching anything. Um, and, and the interesting thing about this for me, what I like about it, is this is marker free AR. So if you're familiar with AR from the technical side of things. You'll know that what you have to do is in traditional AR is, is you you know you take the object uh, like the actual bricks and mortar static object or whatever it is and, and you you assign a marker to it and then you know the AR app is looking for that marker and when it sees that marker then it creates the, the visual layer on top of it. It's more like image recognition. Yeah. 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 Uh, whereas this has no markers at, at all. Uh, which is really cool because it, it means that you can do you know you can do just about anything and so you know applying this to a car manual applying this to anything I think is really interesting so they're using some interesting 3D uh, technology to do that obviously they're using uh, Google Glass uh, technology to, to implement this and make this happen as one form factor but this could be in the windshield this could be yeah. anywhere going forward so I like it. Um, you know I don't know whether we can go mass market with something like this yet. Uh, but as a concept, as a prototype, I think it's very cool. Yeah, I, I do as well. And um, yeah, I, I, like form factor, I'm like the glass is not it for me, especially when I'm like, yeah. if I have to fumble for the glass to be able to fix a car, I'm not often driving and, and you know, I don't like all the warnings and buzzes and distractions. But 
But when you start to think about what we the story we talked about about the connected car Rogers and and Sprint and and uh, this whole internet connected car and uh, diagnostics and remote diagnostics and and the fact that most of our cars these days are are supercomputers anyways and and now they're going to be on the internet and now all of that stuff is going to be put up in the cloud and your car is going to be basically a node and all of that data is being fed. I don't know if you need augmented reality in order to be able to do this right now. I think that the car is going to become smart enough and notifications are going to happen often enough that that I, I don't think that I need that always on my glass, right? Or in, in a visual display anywhere. I just need alerts, like you said, like your, your tire pressure is low, go here, right? Yeah. Or your treads are yeah. low. Or, or you know, your your car is not is burning too much gasoline, something like that, right? Yeah, yes and no. I, I mean, I I fifty percent agree with you. I think the alerts are are, are huge, um, and I think you know we which fifty percent we absolutely need those things. So, yeah. so I agree with that. But I think there's this there's this evolving space where you know consumers already certain consumers are getting overwhelmed with with the amount of stuff being pushed at them based on location. So yeah. I think there's this balance between the things that we want being pushed to us when it makes sense in context, uh, you know, balanced against the uh, our ability to retrieve or request or pull what we want when we want it as well, right? Um, so, you know, like that, you know, in, in our discussion about you know, in, in, at the Toronto event last night, uh, we were talking about NFC, yeah. you know, tied to digital screens where tap the screen, you know, that is a push retrieve uh, when I need something, when I want something, you know, there's no, there's no ability to push something to me in that, right? It, it, so, so I think there's a balance between that. I think there, there's, there are times when we don't know what we don't know. We don't, you know, like the, it's not just that smart. Yeah, um, and uh, you know what I see it for, like for example, you know, uh, when I blow a fuse in my car. Right, uh, and yeah. I have to pull out the manual, and I have to leave through, and then I have to find out where the fuse boxes are. And, and you know, I, I maybe there is an augmented play here that I can put on my phone, and it tells me where the fuse box is, yeah. and tells me what it is because they they are archaic, right? The lang I don't even know what it is. It's but yeah. um, so I think maybe there is a play. So maybe I think it's just form. It's the form factor. It's a form factor that I have a challenge yeah. with. Yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, what, what, if it was if it was Samsung Gear sitting there, right, and 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 it was it was built into that wearable device. Yep. And you could tap it; it could just pop up in front of you when you needed it. And it's not always in your face. Then okay, maybe it is. And I think that, like the idea that I'm going to put a Google Glass on just to get that is is uh, yeah. you know is I. But so 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 we need uh, projectors built into the uh, the wristbands. We need something. It's just not Google Glass yeah. for me. That's all it is. But I, yeah, okay. yeah, right. I, I believe that. So Mateo is an interesting company because they they're not afraid to go and try these things, right? And no. and that's what I appreciate about what what this yeah. what this is. And, and, and these are smart smart dudes. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Thomas Alt, like uh, you know, I met with him when I was in Munich uh, last time, and uh, you know, these guys, you know, they get they're it. on a path. They yeah. get it. They they see a future, and and they're not willing, and they're absolutely willing, I should say, to to take those risks and and, and go and do these things. So so kudos to them for that. Well, it's Mateo. Mateo launching the Google Glass-based car manual. Very cool. All right. All right. So, uh, you know, I'm I like I, I put on the shoes that are in front of me, but I, I think this is a pretty cool, uh, cool technology, a cool idea. This is our fifth story. This is Foot Locker using a kiosk. This is in New York City in their in their Times Square store, big kiosk in the middle of the store that allows you to build these 574s, the uh, Foot Locker 574s, which is a custom-built shoe. It has all of this. 
It has uh, materials, colors, thread, tread, everything that you need to build a shoe. And you there's big screens and you customize your shoe and you build your own shoe. This is like the equivalent to like basically the shoe version of the Canyon Arrows from Simpsons, right? Canyon yeah. Arrows. And, and uh, it's actually pretty cool. These cost a hundred. You, you can customize your shoe, cost 140 bucks uh, to order them. And they arrive at your doorstep if you're in America in six to 10 days. Like that is pretty much... Uh, you know, I don't know, press and play and uh, and you get your own shoe. I like it. It's awesome. So, so yeah, New Balance shoes um, and, and the 48 quadrillion, okay? quadrillion, 48 quadrillion combinations. All right. With, with this thing. Right. Like that's how many factors are in here and how unique your shoe can be. Um, I like it. And, and I talked about this last night as, at the event as well. Um, and, and the point that, that I was trying to make around this that I thought was really interesting is, is that, you know, we live in a society where, you know, individuality is, is, is interesting. People, you know, want to have, you know, a little bit something different than everybody else. And, and we live in this, uh, this society, you know, that's been described as, as a maker culture. Right. Right. So whether it's 3D printing or making your own shoe, uh, you know, I, I think this, this is a brand in Foot Locker that, that recognizes that and says, you know what? Uh, we fight showrooming by creating an experience that's only available in the store. One, you can't do this anywhere else. You have to be in my store to do this. Two, we're, 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 we're jumping on this maker culture and we're saying, hey, come in here and create your shoe that you want, whatever it is. Uh, and six to ten days delivery. I mean, like, amazing, right? And the price point, you know, when you com compare $140 to what you pay for some top-end Nike or whatever, anyways, it's not bad. No, it's right? in line and, with it. And it's what you want. Like, so I love this stuff. Yeah, this is great. So these are the New Balance 574s, and you can do this in Times Square in the Foot Locker store. And if you're there, and take some photos. Send us some photos. I think yeah. this is one of the coolest things. And if you made your shoes, I'd love to see them. Like, I think that everybody's individual. You know, yeah. I always lament the fact that everybody wears the same thing every day. All Like, there's no men's style anymore, right? Everybody just follows what Justin Timberlake's doing, and then they wear that. Or Justin Bieber, the two Justins. JT or JB... And then I try to go out there and dress like Bruce Springsteen and people laugh at me, right? So um, well, hey. individuality, this is great. So you can build your own New Balance 574s at the Times Square Foot Locker. 46 quadrillion? Quadrillion. Quadrillion different um, uh, mixes you can make. It, and uh, they're 140 bucks and delivered to you in six to 10 days. Unfortunately, awesome. only delivered in the US, not, not anywhere else, but that's bound to come. All right, our last story, Asif. I think this is called iQuant, right? Like quantify yes, iQuant. iQuant. They raised a little bit of money, but this is, I tried it on on Tether. So what is it? Why is it significant? Then we'll we'll talk a little bit about it. Yeah, so uh, we'll get the money out of the way. So they raised uh, 650 grand uh, from Ballpark Ventures and Robin Mick Olivini, or I don't know how to say that name. Uh, I totally, totally bastardized his last name. I apologize, Robin. Um, Anyways, six hundred fifty grand. Uh, I so iQuant is a company that's been working online for a while now, and, and basically, you know, they look at websites and they analyze, you know, the you know what the content on the website, and and are able to report on you on how to optimize that website based on on some algorithms that they have on where people are looking, you know, where the focal points of the website are, and things of things of that nature. Um, and so this, this new money is that, you know, they think they can take these algorithms, this technology, and apply this 
to the bricks and mortar world, to to uh, to media outside of online, uh, you know, uh, websites. So digital digital signage, digital out of home, billboards, so a whole bunch of things um, where they think they can they can apply this. And so that's what the money's for, so they can kind of go out and investigate and prototype, uh, you know, ways to 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 apply these algorithms, you know, outside of the online world. I'm fascinated by this because all they do is they take, you know, best practices, they take a whole bunch of data, they take a, a basically a photo, like if you put your URL in there, they take a photo of it, of your of yeah. your website, and then in minutes, they'll, they're going to apply best practices and all the data that they know, and they're going to tell you where people are focusing on your website. And uh, so what you're seeing right now, if you're watching this, is you're seeing Untethered.tv in two different ways, where people are focusing on the website itself. And it's supposed to tell you exactly where you should be placing things. And I think that from a real life standpoint, like if you take a picture of your store out yeah. in, in the bricks and mortar world, it, it'll help with display. It'll help with you know, positioning of the open sign, the numbers or, you know, the hours of operation. Like this, it's so fascinating that I they mean, can if, do this. If you take this stuff now and then you combine it with some of the indoor analytics stuff that we talk about every week on the show, yep, right, that becomes really interesting because all that data around indoor location, around traffic flow patterns and dwell time and all that stuff combined with, you know, and analyzing the, the, the shelf display and what it looks like and, and how to optimize that. Wow, I mean, just the ability to optimize performance and, and potential sales, I mean, it's huge. I wonder, I wonder if retail outlets grocery stores in particular are really interested in finding out the truth like is eye level really where people are focusing you know and because they that's yeah. the prime location right um yeah. so i wonder if this is something that uh, like i'd love to know is that once and for all there's anecdotal evidence but if you can actually implement this and find out is that the truth then once and for all we can put that to rest and once and yeah. for all we can we can decide where to put merchandise and and uh and for optimum selling and and exposure that's very cool Awesome. So there you go. iQuant. iQuant. That's e y e quant q u a n t dot com. E y e q u a n t dot com. I'm fascinated. Uh, this is so cool. Love that story. Loved all these stories. No rants. No raving. No anger, man. What's going on, Asif? Turning over a new leaf. Hey, man. This this is this is what I found this week, man. That's what I got for you. I can't. Uh, I don't make this stuff up. They're just good stories. They're good stories. And those were great, six great stories. A great guest in, in Jonathan Treber, who is the CEO of RevTrax. Of course, our app of the week was memoir at yourmemoir.com. And our mobile minute, mobile payments throughout the course of a day with Chuck Martin. Last thing, our resource of the week. And you know what? I don't know if you heard this, buddy. I don't know if you've heard this, but mobile commerce is growing. Really? Oh, like, stop the presses. <laughs> stop the presses. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I can't give them uh, credit for this title. This title sucks, I just have to say. So there's my little rant for the week. But this, the infographic and some of the data in this stuff is, is pretty interesting. Yes. So uh, coming to us from a, a company called Sanderson IT Software and Services. Um, I'm not sure where these guys are based. Are they UK-based? They're UK-based, as far as I can tell, yeah, yes. Yeah. UK-based, yeah. So this is UK data um, primarily, and so there's some interesting stuff in here. I mean, they're, they're, they're looking at uh, uh, internet usage, they're looking at mobile phones, um, and, and spend uh, as far as online or uh, spend. Uh, they're, what is it, $1 trillion in e-spend in 2013, expected yep. to be $2 trillion by 2018. That's going to be, that's too are, long. That's too long. That, that's big numbers, man. That's but too, but yeah. like, it's not going to take five years to get to that point. No, I'm just saying, like, I, like by 2015, yeah, yeah. like I, I think it's going to accelerate faster than anything that we've seen before. But yes, well, we'll see. 
Yeah. And so one thing I liked about this, and I always love studies where you actually have data on specific brands. Yes. Mm. Uh, and so they've got a couple of, the, of those in here. They've got John Lewis, which is a big retailer in the UK, has seen a 70% increase year on year in mobile visitors to its website. That's huge, yeah. 70% in yeah. one year. Uh, they've got uh, eBay data in here. One third of every transaction on eBay involves a mobile, and the company is predicting 13 billion pounds worth of sales will be made on mobiles by the end of 2013. I mean, these are big numbers. So yeah, it's growing. Here's some specific data around it. So take a look at that, uh, if, especially if you're in the UK. Any other st stats that stood out for you? Well, aside from, I'm like, where's the Amazon stat? You got your eBay stat. I want my Amazon hey, stat. Come on, man. You yeah, know. I know. The only thing that stuck out for me really is, is um, you know, we talk about the simple steps that retailers can take in order to be able to optimize for mobile and location and local search. And, you know, in the UK, they say 22% of the top 50 online retailers don't, aren't, optimized or aren't mobile optimized and those are the yeah. top 50 online retailers and i'm thinking that you think about all the other uh, retailers same same story the, the number will yeah. increase at that point and then one in ten are are optimized our uk retailers are optimized for tablets and when you start to think about the implications of that this is the low-hanging fruit folks if you're not doing this properly if you're not optimizing for these different platforms in the way that it, you should be optimizing for them it's going to affect your google ranking it's going to affect your transactions and your turn and your re revenue so and people always ask you they ask me where do i like it's overwhelming where do i start and i always say like Start with the most basic of things. Get the basic thing done. Your mobile website, so that you come up when people are doing local searches. And that's. Yeah. I'm still shocked that we're talking about this because we sound like broken records. We've been talking about it for years. Just do this one thing for us, please. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, and the last stat that's in there too, the Google one is is I think telling. I mean, 40 percent uh, of users have turned to a competitor site after a bad mobile experience or a lack of a mobile optimized website. Might be Jeez. a better way to put it. So. I mean, if you don't have your site optimized for mobile and, and people are coming to you and they can't, they're not going to like go take the time to go to your regular website when they get home. They're just going to go to your competition. Yep. Simple as that. So that's, that's your fault if you're doing this wrong. It's your fault. How does that feel? Yeah. When you board up your window and you put the close sign for the last time and you lock the door and you walk away without the keys and you say, wow, that was a good try. No, it wasn't. Don't go out of business. Don't do it. All right. So that that's the resource. The key takeaways, and this is a really interesting infographic. Mobile commerce is growing, and we know that terrible name, but Sanderson IT Software and Services. It's available on the LBMA's website under uh, yes. research. Yes, under research. Yeah. And of course, it will link it up. Uh, I mean, it'll be a direct link to that link. But if you go to on tether.tv, and this is episode number 150, you'll see in the show notes, and it'll take you to thelbmay.com forward slash research. So just go to the awesome. LBMA. All right, that is it, man. Episode number 150 in the books. I'm starting to get used to this show now. 157, 150 That's episodes. It. It's We're finally settling in. Settling in, getting a good voice. You know, yeah. uh, you know. I think that uh, we're playing our characters well. I think that this is good. 150 episodes is a long run. For, uh, yeah. But I think we're miles away from uh, from like uh, MASH or Friends, right? In the number of episodes. Cheers. Cheers, yeah. So we'll get there. But uh, we'd love some feedback from you. How have we been doing in our first 150 episodes? You can find me on Twitter at Rob Woodbridge. You can find Asif at Asif Arkan. I'm Rob at Untether.tv. He is Asif at TheLBMA.com. 
You know now how to reach us. There's no excuses. If you've enjoyed a single one of these 150 episodes, we would really love it if you went in and told us by doing so, doing so in the iTunes store, wherever you get these great podcasts, give us a little bit of a star rating, a little comment. We'll read it out here. We love yeah. you so much. And, uh, and don't keep this a secret. There are people out there who need this information. Please share it with them. That's Thank my plea. You. All right. All right. We'll be back next yeah. week okay. for episode number 151 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Have a safe week, everybody. All right. Super high beam, she's a squirrel squasher deer smacking driving machine. Can you narrow? Yeah!